Hello, I'm Michelle Tassinari, your host for the California Staffing Professionals Visionary Thinkers Podcast, a series promoting excellence in the staffing and recruiting industry. In this podcast, we meet visionary thinkers and talk with them about their career and journey into staffing and recruiting. Along the way, we learn everything from how they started to where they are now. We uncover what inspired them and who helped them along the way. We dive into what challenges they've overcome and gain insight into how to be successful in the staffing and recruiting industry. I know you'll enjoy listening to these inspiring stories. Thank you for joining us. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. Susanne O'Brien, CEO, founder of Blake Ryan Consulting, has been in the staffing industry for over 14 years. She has successfully led teams for some of the largest staffing agencies in Washington and Oregon. Suzanne is very passionate about the staffing industry and enjoys building long-lasting relationships with clients and candidates. With a 15-month-old son at home and a daughter on the way, Suzanne conquered her fear and took a leap of faith. She followed her dreams of becoming an entrepreneur by opening Blake Ryan Staffing in 2018, naming the company after her daughter, Blake Ryan. We're really glad to have you here today on today's Visionary Thinkers podcast and uh, joining us is Suzanne O'Brien, who is the founder and CEO of Blake Ryan Consulting. Suzanne, we're so glad that you could join us today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Oh, good. Well, we've got a lot of questions for you. The first the first thing is about how you came to be here in California. Are you a native or you know, what was your life before you joined the staffing and recruiting industry? So I was born in Southern California and uh, lived here till I was 12. And then my mom was relocated for work. So we moved up to Washington and I grew up in uh, Medina, Washington. But I still had a ton of family down in California, so I always came to visit. And then in my early 20s, I actually moved to San Diego for three years, which was so much fun. I lived in Pacific Beach, literally like three blocks from the beach. So that was pretty amazing. And then I ended up moving back up because I had a little sister who was getting into high school. And I didn't want to miss, you know, prom and homecoming and all the fun things I loved in high school. So wanted to be there for her. And then we actually uh, recently, in April, decided to relocate down to Newport Coast. So now we're here 100% full-time. <laughs> well, that's exciting. You couldn't have picked a much nicer place than Newport Coast. Ah, we love it. Well, as far as your staffing experience, before you joined the staffing industry, did you have a first job that was particularly interesting that you might want to share that kind of launched you into staffing, or did you just Wake up and say, I'm going to join the staffing industry. How did that start? You know, it's funny. I kind of fell into it, to be honest. When I had moved back from San Diego, I was doing real estate with my parents. They're real estate brokers in Washington, and I'd been licensed since I was 21. So I thought, you know, I had my first sale, actual sales job, but I lived in San Diego. Why not do real estate when I was back in Washington? And I decided that I wanted to get just kind of like a part-time reception position in between closing deals. And I ended up answering an ad for, this is when Craigslist was really big. <laughs> and I ended up answering an ad for a part-time receptionist for a dental staffing company. And I worked there for about two weeks, and the dental hygiene recruiter left. And I'd been watching her, and just it was really intriguing to me. So I went to the owner, because it was a small family-owned business, and said, hey, you know, can I take a crack at this? I think I'd be really good at it. And she was really gracious and gave me an opportunity 
And that's really how I got into it. So I handled their hygiene division, and I grew it over 100%. I ended up hiring somebody underneath me, and I really loved it there. It was a great company. It just, because it was a mom and pop, I kind of hit the ceiling of where I could go in my career. And then so I ended up moving on. But that's how I got into staffing. I literally just kind of fell into it. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say that they weren't looking to get in staffing, and then they end up in staffing. So that's that's not unusual, really. It's just it seems that way. We, it is interesting how, how life takes a turn and how you went from receptionist part-time to actually becoming a recruiter. That's the first time I've ever heard of that one. I will tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now look at you. You're the founder of, of a very successful firm. And was there anything that you learned from that first job in recruiting that you still do or don't do today that, you know, you're like, well, I learned not to do that or I learned, oh, I got to do this that made you successful? It's, it's interesting. Gosh, I haven't thought about that in so long. But now thinking about it, there definitely is. I remember when I used to do cold calls and we would do in-person or actual appointments with, you know, new dental offices, and we'd go in and speak with the dentist or the office manager to try to get them to work with our services. And I would always bring, like, a little kind of swag bag. And so it would be a bag with all, like, just little trinkets. I mean, for whatever reason, everybody loves trinkets, I and mean, even myself, whether it's, like, a pen with someone's logo or a notepad holder, just anything like that, just, just fun stuff. And I started doing that, and I still do that now. I also take different treats on the holiday season, and I just really have always tried to make everything as personal um, versus transactional as possible. That makes a lot of sense. Now, have you found, I mean, obviously, we're in the middle of a, of a pandemic. Have you found that it's more difficult to get a hold of, of clients, getting them swag bags and things, or is that something that you've continued to do in a different way or creatively? You know, it is a little bit more difficult because people aren't really in offices. <laughs> so for the first time, we're sending, you know, actually I talked to one of my clients today and they had recently hired somebody. And they said, hey, you know, we always love to send congratulations on your first week, not only to the candidate hire, but also to the client on, you know, congratulations on your new hire. Do you have an address I can send that to? <laughs> and so sending it to somebody's home is a little bit different. And then, of course, you have to change kind of what we send out based on location and whatnot. So that's a little bit different, but we really are still trying to kind of to find ways to keep it personalized and keep that relationship building piece in place. And I think relationships are important. And you probably have clients that have been with you for quite a few years now because of that effort. You know, um, it's actually one of the most exciting pieces of my business, I have to be honest, is when I opened my doors officially, I had three clients that I had not worked with in probably, gosh, four to six years each. And I had just kept such a great relationship with them throughout those years, you know, doing lunches or just checking in and keeping in contact. And so they were actually the first three clients to sign contracts with me. Wow. Right off the bat, once you got, once you got launched your new, you know, your firm, that's exciting. I would imagine that maybe some of the foundational principles that you learned from the real estate industry, you know, that one-on-one -on -one personal contact probably helped. I've never connected those dots, but when you think about it, it's it's building that connection and the constant tapping of the farm, as they call it out there. Do you find that that maybe helped you? I definitely think so. You know, I think 
It really does set that, like you said, that foundation because that's really how you get new clients in real estate is having to connect with people. And so it really sets how kind of the tone for how you can do that and how you can build or plans or put steps into place to build those relationships. Well, one thing that would be kind of interesting, uh, I mean, obviously, I, I think when you open your, your business, what made you decide to do that, to put out your own? Was that after you'd been with that the mom-and-pop firm, or had you moved someplace in between? As you mentioned, you got to a point where you just couldn't grow. When I left um, the mom-and-pop shop, I did move on to a couple larger firms, and then I, um, throughout my career, because I've been in staffing for 14 years, I did manage the two branches in the state of Washington for the, the second largest global staffing firm, and then a Washington team for another a very, very large firm. And you know, I really honestly, I started my own business because it got to the point of the different companies I'd been working for um, in the last, I'd say, probably three years at least. It really became so much more transactional and it really became more about, you know, what their bottom line profit is, whether that was unfortunately paying candidates less if they opted into healthcare or having higher markups for clients just so that they could make a little bit more on the bottom line. And that's just not how I wanted to do business. For me, it was really more about client relationships and building those long-term relationships. And so I just, I had decided, you know, <laughs> I was seven months pregnant <laughs> with my daughter and I had a 15-month-old at home. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go for it. I can't fail at this point because I have kids. <laughs> what better motivation <laughs> And I actually named my business after my daughter, who I was pregnant with, Blake Ryan. So I wanted it to be special and mean something, and I also wanted to build something that I could lead to my kids. Oh, that's inspiring. If anyone's thinking about, you know, what what they want to do next, so you, you, you're thinking of leaving this business to your kids, so you're going to have them start maybe answering the phone when they can get to that point? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that actually the other day. I was like, oh, I wonder when they, you know, when they need to have their first job, they could be like receptionist or <laughs> they could work in the mailroom. Hopefully we'll be big enough then. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I guess the next entree of a natural thing to ask you really is how did you decide where you wanted to recruit and what, what kind of territory you wanted to stake out? What kind of niches or niche that you uh, you select? Did you try one niche and then move to another, or did you collect a number of niches and, and that really spoke to you? Because I think that is something a lot of people out there in the industry, now a lot of, if you're working for a firm, they tell you, this is your niche. You're going to work this niche. <laughs> you joined a firm, and, and, and you already knew their niche and, and started working in that niche. Did, uh, do you have any words of wisdom on that? You know, for me, it's funny. So, and that was one of the first questions that people started asking when I opened my business is, you know, what vertical are you going to be working in or what's your specialty? And I always say the same thing. I say, you know what? I say every company has the thing that they're the specialist or they're the subject matter expert. And for me, I really think unless you've actually worked in that specific position you're staffing, you can't really be a subject matter expert. And so I decided that I wanted to create a business where I fit into my client's needs versus saying, hey, this is all that I do and you need to fit into our model. And so we actually staff across quite a few verticals. I've also throughout my career, I've done staffing in healthcare. I've done staffing in marketing and creative and finance and accounting, manufacturing and logistics. 
I've done technology. So I have experience across pretty much all verticals. <laughs> and like I said, I just decided I want to really have a business model that I can go to a client and say, how can we help you to the best of our ability versus saying we can only help you on this. Now, there are times I'm sure we'll, we'll get at some point a position where we just it's just not within our wheelhouse of things we can do, or we may know somebody who would be better to do that for a client, and I'd be more than happy to refer them to somebody else. Luckily, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but for me, I never wanted to stick myself in one lane and say this is the only place we could go. That's a good place to be. You've never had to do that, so that, that is good. Now, you've worked for firms before, and then now you have your own firm. What's the hardest thing that you've had to do as an owner manager so far? I think honestly, want to know. The, yeah. <laughs> I think you know, there's definitely been some learning points for me. <laughs> you know, when I did work for those really large corporations, I did manage teams, I did manage P&Ls, I did run budgets and create budgets and I think one of the learning lessons is you don't realize that with companies like that, you never ask where the money comes from. <laughs> and then when you start your own company, you're like, oh, wait, oh, that's where that comes from. <laughs> so just really having that understanding of, you know, the ins and outs of the business, which is great. And I think that's definitely more motivating. I think that's also led to a point, you know, especially with the pandemic that we're in now, the hardest piece that I've had is, having to furlough employees. And, you know, it, it's really tough for me because I know that I'm their son's, you know, security and how they put food on their table. And it's been difficult with what's going on. In all honesty, myself, I don't think I've taken a paycheck probably in six or seven months just because I'm really trying to make sure my teams are staying on and trying to keep them healthy and be able to keep everything moving, if that makes sense, with what we're going through. Now, last year, obviously, with pre-pandemic, everything was amazing and we were growing and everything looked great. And I think the hardest piece on that is realizing that you can scale too quickly and having a good handle of that because it's like a double-edged sword. You can scale really quickly and not be ready and that can hinder you or you can not scale and that can hinder you too. So just kind of finding that happy balance. Those are good words of wisdom for sure. And, uh, it's very helpful that you shared that because that's got to be really hard. And when you have an employees, you have to put them first. I mean, you did that as a manager, but then now as a, now as a business owner, you've gained a lot of experience in this industry from both sides. And I guess there's, there's a lot of things you probably would like to share over a limited time. But if you were going to talk to your younger self about this industry on how to succeed, do you have any words of wisdom there, Suzanne? Honestly, I would say to just keep as focused on the client relationship piece and learning as much as you can. And I probably would tell myself that I should have started my business sooner. Well, that's great. Great to hear. <laughs> well, even even in this pandemic situation, you're saying that. So we've had some challenges. We had the pandemic. We've had this this whole situation where. Uh, there's some economic and political things happening in the background. And there's, it's one of those things where reality is wherever you are, there's always going to be some turmoil. I'm, we've all been through a number of recessions. It might seem easier sometimes, but it's like you're always having to gauge for the next thing. And we think everything's going great, but we don't know. You know, there could be an asteroid that's going to hit the Earth. We don't know. Um, <laughs> 
And we all have our own asteroids. They could be anything. All the wisdom that you've gained in in this area, do you think staffing is harder today than it was in years gone by, or do you think it's gotten easier? Do you think it's kind of the same, just different stuff? I mean, we have all this technology, and people used to work out of phone books and Rolodexes and, and little index cards. Were you using an index card, by the way, back in those days? You, you know, it's funny. You... I used to use little, what are they, 9 by 12 notepads, the spiral-bound notebooks, and I honestly, I still use them to this day. And I have all of my old ones in a box. <laughs> and I would take notes with, like, client calls, client meetings. <laughs> so I still am a little bit old school. <laughs> it's amazing how successful people are old school, and they don't apologize for it because it works for them. And obviously mm-hmm. that works for you. No one should apologize, right? So that's good. Be brash. Be bold. Don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that staffing is definitely a lot harder now than it was, you know, six years ago, seven years ago. And honestly, I think the main reason for that is it's not because there isn't a need. It's not because people don't understand why it's important or valuable. I think that staffing has just gotten a bad name. And I think, unfortunately, that is because of companies who, you know, their markups are so inflated or it's really about getting an order, filling a seat, getting an order, filling a seat versus that long-term relationship. So it's almost like they turn, they're turning and burning employees and the clients get fed up because they have a new account rep all the time or there's really, it's so transactional that there's really no client relationship there. And so I think that, for me at least, is what I found has made staffing so much harder because you have to really try to explain to companies you can have a partner who really wants to partner with you and understand your goals and are invested in you as a company and a business versus just a client who's bringing revenue in for them. Good point. Good point. And I, I don't know. It always it, It's interesting whether you're talking to a a potential client or you're talking to a potential candidate, they'll say, oh, is this an agency? And I'm saying, mm-hmm. oh, why do you say it that way? And, and exactly when you were saying that, that it is harder because of that. That is making it harder. And people have been mm-hmm. have been burned. So I guess we have a responsibility to get out there in the community and, and be better. I agree. Um, you know, one of that. the most disheartening things I run into as I worked for a company in there was a client, it was a really fantastic client, and they do a ton of staffing every year and all across each vertical. And I remember getting the master service agreement to sign that contract, and my my VP at the time told me, nope, the market's not higher, high enough, we're not doing the business. And I just thought, what in the world? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is, that's not how you create long-term relationships. So. I definitely think as an industry, I think we could step it up and do much better. Well, and, and frankly, by by doing this podcast, you're helping with a little bit of that. People kind of rethink their processes a little bit and rethink some of their the things that they're thinking are important. And I think that that's very valuable advice, really. Appreciate that. Today's world is very challenging on so many ways, but business is always challenging. Do you have any other words of wisdom for people that are burned out because they've been in the business forever 
or they're brand new and they're like, what am I doing here? Do you have any words of wisdom to help them talk through that besides what you've just gave us, which was really inspiring about thinking about those relationships and doing better in this industry. I would say for the new people getting into the industry, I'll tell you what I always tell people that I interview who are green. I say, you know, staffing is a tough business and you're dealing with a variable you can't control, which is people. And you figure out within six months if you love it or hate it. If you love it, you're going to do extremely well at it. If you hate it, After 90 days, you're typically gone. So I would say just if you love it, stick with it, really focus on building relationships and find a company, an agency to work for that aligns with your values and what your long-term goals are. For people who've been in it forever and are burned out, I would say give yourself a break. (laughs) You know, especially as us people who have been in the industry for so long, we really learned the industry of you're working seven days a week. You don't turn off your phone. You don't not look at email. So I would say just take a deep breath, give yourself a break, and just try to hang in there because if you've been in it for 10 plus years, you're obviously very good at it. So don't give up. That's very inspiring as well. I think people need to hear that. Having that that will to go on and, and it's okay if they put down their phone for a little while. It, the phone's still going to be there, and the customer, well, hopefully they'll still be there. I mean, if, <laughs> if it's after hours or it's on a weekend and they're having an emergency, you know, it, 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 it can't have emergencies all the time, 24-7, 365. Right. That will burn you out, and we hope people aren't experiencing that. It sounds like you've experienced some of that, but you found a, a work-life balance. I try. You know, I think it's hard, especially when you're a business owner now, because really all the liability is on me. (laughs) So if I don't keep everything going, I mean, who else will? I really try to do that. You know, it's funny. Yesterday was the first day I actually did not work at all. I didn't respond to emails. I didn't do my usual LinkedIn messaging. I did nothing except I played Christmas music yesterday morning, danced in the kitchen with my little kids. We decorated the tree. I mean, I really just had a full family day, and it was so refreshing. And honestly, it just I feel like it revitalized me. So I definitely think it's super important to do that, especially in the state that we're all in right now. Right. Well, and and, uh, you just told us that you practice what you just just preached, that give yourself a break, and and you did, and it refreshed you. (laughs) And then today you're giving back to the recruiting community, to the business community, by sharing all this wisdom. And we're really grateful that you did, Suzanne. I can't thank you enough for sharing today some of your techniques and and, and all the things that you've learned in the staffing industry. It sounds like it's been good to you, but it sounds like you've also been good to it. So we're really grateful thank for you your so time much. today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I hope that... Hopefully what I say has can help somebody who, you know, is going through that tough time or is looking to get into the industry or any way. And I'm always open, you know, if anybody needs any additional help. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of CSP's Visionary Thinkers podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing our guest thinker story. If you'd like to hear more visionary thinkers reveal their journey through the staffing and recruiting industry, Please subscribe via your favorite podcast source, and please tell your friends and colleagues to tune in as well. For more information about the California Staffing Professionals and how we can help you in your staffing and recruiting business, visit our website at cspnet.org. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode. 
Until next time, this is your host, Michelle Tasneri, saying stay vital with CSP.